and SEO is so important. And I will say for Minted, you know, we started building our blog from day one, um, started building out content. And that's why if you go to the Mint, which is the name of our blog now, you'll see so, so, so many articles, so many tutorials because, because we started building it out from day one. Um, and the other thing I will say, because SEO, as important as it is, it is a, it's a longer term strategy, right? You're yeah. not going to go up in the rankings in, in Google search like overnight. It's going to take time. However, even before your blog and your content starts paying dividends in terms of the SEO, what we found is that it really started paying dividends for us once people got to our site because they would spend longer on the site. And mm -hmm. we found that the more time they spent on the site, the more money they spent. Hello, and welcome to Wind Down, Build Up, the podcast giving you the tea and the tools to succeed in business. I'm Tabitha Solomon. And I'm KJ Miller. Today on the show, we're talking about how to attract your ideal customer. Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk about how we can, how we make money, <laughs> how other folks <laughs> can make money. Because without customers, you don't have a business, right? Exactly. And I think you know, a lot of people assume you need huge marketing budgets in order to sort of get off the ground. And the reality is most of the time you are not going to be working with a huge budget. So you've got to be scrappy when you think about how to get customers to your business, to your site. So we're going to be talking all about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. And before we do, we want to encourage you to pause right now. And if you've ever gotten any value from our podcast, leave us a five-star review. Um, that really goes a long way to helping us build this podcast community and hopefully adding more value to you. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to get into how we attract our customers right after our sponsorship. All right, guys, we've got a new sponsor this week, and I'm so excited to tell you all about them. The name of the store is Sookie's Candle Co. Sookie is an amazing Black woman who's been featured in Vogue and Black Enterprise and a million other sites for her amazing, amazing candles. And look, if you know me, I'm not typically a candle girl. I'm not one of these girls who has candles all over the house, but Sookie sent us some of her amazing candles, and I have been using it ever since. So I'm currently in love with coconut lime. Yes, one of the scents is coconut lime. She has amazing, really original scents. So grapefruit mint, honeysuckle jasmine, sea salt and orchid. I mean, since you're not going to find anywhere else and they're so refreshing, when I light my coconut lime, I honestly just feel pure joy and pure relaxation. You've got to try these candles. So if you want to try them, go to sookiescandleco.com. It's S-U-K-I-E-S-C-A-N-D-L-E-C-O.com. And I promise you, you will not regret it. Now let's get back to the show. All right. So I'm excited to get into the tea, Tabitha, but first, what are you drinking this week? 
<laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm lame. I'm just having coffee tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I feel you. I tonight am on a soda water kick. That is Oh, okay. I just needed to hydrate today. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, it's gonna be a long night. And I was like, you know what? I know how I get when I'm drinking my wine. I get very comfortable. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> coffee it That's is. all right. You know what? Listen, the, the, the listeners should know we're not just lushes out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, yeah, for our tea today, we're actually going to be talking about Tinder. Um, so you know, what's funny is I feel like a lot of people are like, "Man, it feels like Tinder was an overnight success. How did they become like a household name? How did they mm-hmm. become so big so fast?" And what we did is we actually went back and did a little bit of research to understand about their origin stories and how they were able to gain such momentum early on with very limited budget. Yeah, so, I think I think the Tinder story is an interesting one. Now, of course, there's other tea about Tinder that I'm sure some of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> have read. Um, some real juicy tea, in fact, um, and how they, you know, Bumble, yes, uh, Bumble came out of Tinder, but that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're talking about their guerrilla marketing. So yeah, kick it off. What are some yeah, of the interesting right. things they did? Yeah. So for baseline, I think one of the first things in before they even got to the guerrilla marketing, they actually built a better product. So we're, we're working from the understanding that they created something that was more was easier to use and kind of reduce this creepy factor that a lot of the dating apps had back in the day. So if you went to like eHarmony, you had to do like a 30 minute profile like survey before you could be eligible to be on the pro on their platform where Tinder, you just put up some hot photos and some text and you're good to go. So baseline, great foundation. But then they did some really cool things to get early users, which was um, understanding their audience. They really were going after the young folks, particularly college age kids and excuse me, college age adults. You're an adult in college. (laughs) Kind of, sort of, almost. (laughs) And what they would do is they would send their CMO, Whitney Wolf to different sororities and essentially get all the girls and sororities to sign up for the Tinder app. Then she would go over to the fraternities and say, hey guys, look at all these hot girls on my app. And there would be girls that these guys knew and liked and had crushes on. And they were like, oh God, yeah, I have to download this app too. So that was a really cool way to do it. And it just had virality, right? Because sororities and fraternities are inherently super social organizations that would essentially like expedite their growth rate, um, you know, in those organizations and across those campuses. Yeah. I think that example in particular, I think gets at one of the tough questions about, you know, when you're building um, a two-sided, double-sided platform and you need both you know, you need both sides of the equation in order to make it work. And a lot of times the question is, well, like, who do I sign up first? Yeah, yeah. And I think it was smart of them to have Whitney herself at the time, I believe, was either a college grad, college student or recent college grad. Mm-hmm. It was smart to have her go in and get other girls to sign up because, A, she seemed relatable, like, oh, I get That's you, fine. I know you. Um, this makes sense to me and B, it made it seem less sketchy, right? Like if, yeah. if, all, the, if all the bros from Tinder had showed up at the sorority house and been like, yo, sign up on this, <laughs> this little app I built in my basement. I'm sure a lot of girls would be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what this app is. So mm-hmm. I think they went after 
a segment of the population given who they had as their spokesperson at the time. Um, and she was able to sort of build trust. And then mm -hmm. once they had that side of the equation, that of course is what attracted the other side of the equation. So I, I think that was smart. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, and then, you know, their guerrilla marketing tactics really didn't stop there. So they essentially wanted to be, you know, the app associated with the cool kids on campus. So what they would do is they would have a college campus rep that would host Tinder theme parties. And any guests that wanted to come into this, like who's who um, must be on the list party had to download the app before they can enter. And they would also often say, like, you have to find a date on the app and you guys come together to get access. So again, it was like creating this exclusive feel to this app, something that was like uh, creating envy amongst peers on campus um, to essentially drive this virality, like I gotta have it. So very much like I'm not pushing this down your throat, but no, I wanna be a part of this so bad, I gotta have it type of um, marketing tactic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we see that a lot in different types of businesses, this idea where you, you have something you know people want Mm -hmm. And so in order to get them to also get the thing you want them to pay for or use or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. you offer that thing up as sort of like the, the bait. So I see this a lot on um, Instagram. I get served Instagram ads a lot for different types of courses. Like there are courses out there about how to build your Instagram following, mm -hmm. how to, you know, um, how to build a, you know, a bomb Facebook ad, whatever it is, mm -hmm. but they'll always offer up something for free they'll mm -hmm. say like oh I know you want this content so you can have this content but to get it you have to subscribe to my email list or you have to mm -hmm. you know give me your phone number and subscribe to my text message list whatever it is so it's like okay and the way they the way tinder did it was oh I know you want to get into this bomb party so in the way mm -hmm. you do it is you got to download the app so I think yeah dangling those little carrots dangling that bait in front of people is a good way to attract people and get them to do the behavior you want them to do. Yep, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, you know, Tinder was is like a huge success story today. Like they're a household brand, but I think it is important to, to think about um, if you are early stage founder and you don't have millions of dollars in your account and you're just trying to get an MVP off the ground in a very scrappy way, there are really creative um, tactics you can put into play to grow your user base and attract your ideal customer. So do you want to jump into the tools and start sharing some of our best practices on how to do just that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. So one of the one uh, tactics that I'm a huge, huge fan of that I notice is grossly underutilized is SEO search engine optimization. So I don't know if anyone's ever taken time to take a look at the blogs on different folks' websites where, you know, if you're in cosmetics, maybe the blog will be, you know, the top five hottest trends of 2020, mm -hmm. you know, or like how to stay fabulous, uh, you know, um, during the pandemic for your mm -hmm. Zoom calls. Um, those are highly, highly effective effective uh, marketing tactics because essentially you're building out articles, leveraging popular keywords to tell Google that your website is relevant for that particular subject matter. And you're essentially driving free traffic to your website. And once you get them there, it's a lot cheaper to retarget them or to capture their email and to continue to build that relationship with customers. 
Now, one big hack that I'll share with folks if, if you feel like, oh, yeah, I should definitely have a blog and try to get free traffic to my website. Um, there's a great tool by Neil Patel, who is one of the gurus in the SEO space called Uber Suggest. It's actually a free tool. You can go to the website and let's say like for me, like we have, you know, dash camp after school, after school is probably going to be my top keyword. What I would do is go to Uber suggest type in after school and it would give me a ton of keywords that are relevant for my audience. So we could plug those words in a natural way in our articles for our readers. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that is a really great piece of advice and SEO is so important. And I will say for Minted, you know, we started building our blog from day one, um, started building out content. And that's why if you go to the Mint, which is the name of our blog now, you'll see so, so, so many articles, so many tutorials because, because we started building it out from day one. Um, and the other thing I will say, because SEO, as important as it is, it is a, it's a longer term strategy, right? You're yeah. not going to go up in the rankings in, in Google search, like overnight, it's going to take time. However, even before your blog and your content starts paying dividends in terms of the SEO, what we found is that it really started paying dividends for us once people got to our site, because they would spend longer on the site. And mm -hmm. we found that the more time they spent on the site, the more money they spent. Mm -hmm. And so because, you know, once they were sort of in the minted world, right, it's like, oh, well, now I'm watching this video use the, uh, this woman use the lipstick like this. And now, oh, wait, there's an article about like, which lipstick goes well with which undertone. And now there's, you know, so it's like, right. now they're, they're pulled into the minted world. So it makes them much stickier. And so even before, you know, when our blog first got started, when we were first getting off the ground, you know, I, I we didn't have, we weren't doing that well in terms of SEO, put it like that, because we were too new, but the blog was still paying dividends for us because it was helping people, giving people a reason to stay on our site longer. So I do think I would encourage people if you can, because y'all have, everyone has to decide where to put the limited resources they've got right. and the limited time they've got. But if you can to start thinking about that content strategy early, I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's great yeah. advice. Absolutely. Well, do you want to throw out the next tool? Yeah, you know, I will say, um, Amanda and I, we just, we weren't too good or too bougie or too anything to do or attempt anything. And by that, I mean, like, if there was an opportunity for us to get in front of people, we always said, we always took it. We always said yes. So one thing we started doing early was we would go to events to sell our lipstick. So when we launched, mm -hmm. we just had six lipstick shades. That's it six lipstick shades and we would go to you know we would find these events where they were looking for vendors I remember one of the very first events we ever did it was called like sassy ladies brunch or something okay and it was in Newark New Jersey at some hotel room just like some event coordinator who put who put on a sassy brunch for women every month or whatever and there were something like 100 attendees and you paid your little flat fee and you got your mimosas and your food and you kikied and whatever and then they had a separate little side room where vendors could sell their wares. And so me and Amanda were like, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's get it popping. So we literally packed up our duffel bags filled, filled with lipsticks, okay? Got an Uber to Newark. We also took our step and repeat because we thought we were bomb.com. <laughs> had, okay, had a little step and repeat and um, set up our, our little products. And we sold so much lipstick to those 80 to 100 women who were there. None of them had ever heard of us, mind you, right? And I know yeah. 
for a lot of people, when they think about starting an e-commerce brand, they think about like all the sexy stuff that comes with it. Then let me tell you, there's nothing sexy about schlepping double bags of lipstick to Newark, New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> there's nothing yeah. sexy about it, but we were willing to do that. And we did that week after week, month after month, whenever we found someplace where we could go and bend because we just wanted to get the word out to as many people as possible. So I would just say, you know, if you're selling actual physical products and you do have the opportunity to get in front of people like that, don't be too good to do it, you know, because at the end of the day, you just want people to know who you are, to know your brand. I think that's so important for so many reasons. One is, um, you know, those people aren't going to be like, oh, I bought Minted. They're going to be like, I met the founders of Minted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a sense of like almost loyalty and almost like prestige associated with meeting the founder of a company that you're buying something from. It's, it's a story built in, right? Yeah. So what happens is those people want to tell people that they met you, that they found this great brand. It's, it's, it's not like I found this great lipstick. I found this great lipstick and I met the founders and they had a great story, right? Yeah, so it's just yeah. a much deeper level of relationship. And it all, all, almost reminds me of the Tinder story. Um, <laughs> never thought you could get compared to Tinder, did you? <laughs> but, you know, Whitney is there with the sorority girls and like they're like, I met Whitney, you know, and like, I like Whitney. I can relate to her. She was a sorority girl. I'm definitely going to try this out. And now I have a cool story to tell people. It's like, and the, and the app is working for me. And then this Mm -hmm. in this instance Mm -hmm. like the lipstick is actually a great product yeah it's one of those things where it's like it it heightens and strengthens the relationship with the brand because they've gotten to meet you um and and so I, I think especially early days when you're trying to build like ambassadors for your brand yeah putting, you know being there front and center building those relationships getting feedback you yeah. know, immediately from people, like if, if something, a feature is broken in the app, like you're probably not using every nook and cranny of that feature, you know, in the app mm-hmm. here. And so you may not mm-hmm. realize that like, you know, in that in s- scenario that, you know, like, oh, people don't use it the same way I do. You can take that insight back to your team. Or yeah. I didn't realize everyone's using lip liner to go with their lipsticks. Maybe, you know, like people yeah. are asking about that. Like you don't get that intel, like just selling online you know, in a way you do when you're in person talking to your customers. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. We used to say all the time talking to investors, like they would, they would ask us about our community because they mm-hmm. would go to our social media, go to our site and be like, wow, your customers are so loyal. You've built this great community. And we would always say like, well, part of the reason is because like we actually have met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of our customers. Like we've actually mm-hmm. met them and we've, yeah. talk, we've talked to them like, So this isn't like hypothetical. We're not giving it a 10,000 foot view. We have literally just sat down with customers who asked us question after question, like, well, what about this shape? Okay, well, I need to buy something for my daughter too. So what about, you know, like, and going back and forth. And like that intel, it's hard to get when you're not in person. And so it served the purpose of one, acquiring customers, but two, making sure that we were deeply knowledgeable about our customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's a great one. So the next one I'll throw out is Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Now I know some people might say, oh, like my, my audience isn't on Facebook, they're on LinkedIn or they're on TikTok or whatever it might be. But I think most people would agree that you may not scroll your timeline the same way you do Instagram, but you probably have one or two groups that you check like once a week. 
right? You know, for me, it's a women's founders group that I go to and I just want to hear like what resources out there, what problems are people dealing with? What are some interesting articles that are relevant for me? Um, you know, and so maybe there's something relevant for your audience. Maybe it's mommy groups, maybe it's like women of color groups, maybe it's beauty groups, but there's always groups. And I think that's where when people are on Facebook, that's, that's where they're spending most of their time. And a, a cheap and close to free way to do this is to infiltrate these groups and join these communities. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's, it's easier if you are part of that community <laughs> versus not. Um, and so when you're in these groups, though, it's not like, hey, I just joined, come buy my product. Like, that's exactly what you don't want to do. Right, um, right. What you want to do is find ways to add value. You know, I would say that you want to essentially answer so many questions people start to look at you as a thought leader in those particular groups um you're answering questions you're sharing helpful articles you know you're sharing resources etc so when you go to post something cool like hey guys like don't know if you guys heard but we're doing this free thing if anyone will find that helpful it'll feel very organic and you'll get a lot more traffic to your website because it doesn't feel salesy it feels like just another resource you're trying to share to help people out so what happened there? One, you built yourself as a thought leader uh, in a community with your target audience, right? Because we we're talking about how to track your ideal customer. And now you've been able to promote your product in an organic fashion for free, right? Like you've gotten to post about, you know, like check out my new blog or, you know, like I wrote an article that I think, you know, women of color could really resonate with or moms can really resonate during the pandemic since it's a hard time, whatever the case might be. So joining Facebook groups to have your target audience, um, building, you know, credibility, sharing resources, and then planting your product or service is a cheap to free way to track more customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, we definitely infiltrated a few, <laughs> we did a few Facebook groups <laughs> early on. Um, so I guess another tactic that I would um, suggest is influencers. So influencers, obviously, they can sometimes get a bad rep when you think about like influencers on Instagram and on mm-hmm. YouTube. But the reality is, you know, these guys are out here working hard. And I've met just over the course of, of, of running um, Minted so many influencers and formed relationships with a lot of them. And they're really great. And, mm-hmm. and what I will say is when you're first starting out, what you don't want is to set anyone's expectations um, around uh, paying influencers because chances mm-hmm. are you can't afford to. So don't even put that out there. Yeah. Right. What you're looking for are influencers who will um, review your product for the simple fact that they've received your product. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've or they've used your product or your service because at the end of the day, what I always say about influencers is, look, you need them, but they need you too. Their job mm-hmm. is to put out content about different products. That's how they mm-hmm. that's how they exist in this world. So mm-hmm. they need new products. They need new content. You can be that new product and that new content for them, um, but you have to approach them the right way. So don't think of them as a commodity. Approach them like people. You know, we sent personalized messages to every influencer we, we reached out to. We told them our story. We said, listen, you know, we're two deep skinned black women who had trouble finding nude and neutral shades that worked for us. 
and we didn't want to be left out of beauty because we don't think anyone should have to be left out of beauty. Mm -hmm. And we love the content that you put out there. We think it is, you know, so smart, so fresh, and we would love if you would give our products a try. And if you like them, we'd love it if you post about it. And if not, you know, no harm done. We absolutely understand it. We just would love the chance to get our products in front of you, right? Like something like that, where you're treating them like people and letting them know like, hey, I love what you do. And I'd love for you to try my thing. Um, and, and we reached out to, we had a, a quota. So I think in the beginning, each of us had to reach out to 10 influencers a week. So we were reaching out to, you know, dozens and dozens of influencers every single month. And a lot of them were saying, yes, please send me the product. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and they were trying it and they were loving it and they were posting on our behalf. And of course, then their followers were seeing it and coming and following us and coming and checking out our site. So that was something, it takes real work. And I've had people ask me before, like, hey, can you send me your influencer list? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. That's crazy, <laughs> right? Like, do you know how hard we've worked to build our influencer list? Like you have to be willing to do the work, but it is something that I found can work really well. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Because again, like when you're talking about influencers, their community trusts them. You know, it's not like this expensive ad with some model that doesn't necessarily reflect them. You know, it's, it's someone who's usually in their kitchen or their living room who's like, girl, I love this. You know, like you got to give it a try. Like I'm more likely to go buy from that person than the ad on television or even in my Instagram. So that's, that's brilliant. Um, the, the next tool I'll share is really around, um, lead magnets, um, email marketing and text marketing. So this is something our team is trying to get better at because we realize the value of it. So Casey touched on this earlier, this idea of, you know, giving someone a val something of value, um, for free, like, you know, like, you know, she was saying like, join my email list and you'll get like this downloadable PDF that addresses your particular need, right? So for us, our lead magnet, because we're a dash camp after school, we're focused on helping that busy parent and giving them two hours of time to get their work done, but also two hours for the kids to have fun after school and before their homework. And so we're like, what's something that could be valuable to this audience that doesn't cost us a lot of money? And we actually created this activity book you know, an activity workbook that's free, it's downloadable. It also comes with a bonus class. So the kids could do arts with like a really cool teacher that is on a recording and they give us their email address, their telephone number, and they get to download this, right? So for us, that's free, right? It's free to capture someone's email and you could keep talking to that person over and over again instead of paying every, you know, an ad every time you want to communicate with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then the text message piece, again, like this is, more cutting edge, you know, like for, I would say a little bit, mm, I would say like something again, like we haven't put enough effort in. So our team is like putting our foot on the metal, uh, putting our foot on the pedal when it comes to this, but text messages cost a penny for each text message you send to your customers, depending on the software you use. Right. So like mm -hmm. we research things and, and we talked about this KJ, like emotive, attentive, easy texting, like check out and see which one's best for you. Um, but like a penny, a message and the text messages have a 99% open rate. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Right. So like, and if you think about it, like I get inundated with email. So when someone emails me, it often goes my promotion folder. So I don't often see it, but if someone texts me, I can't stand to see that number one. Like I have to, <laughs> <laughs> I have to open it and see what's going on. 
and if it's compelling, right? Like maybe it's a discount, maybe it's a cool photo, maybe it's, you know, uh, the tone is like, oh, it feels like a friend's talking to me. I realize I can respond and talk and have a two-way communication. That's highly, highly effective, yeah. right? And so having a lead magnet, giving someone uh, something of value for free. So, because the thing is, it's really unfair to be like, give me your telephone number because I want to sell you something. Like, no one's going to do that. Right. So, <laughs> you know, like, give them something of value first. In our case, is the activity book, you know, then they'll give you their information. Then you have an ability to communicate with them, you know, literally for pennies um, and continue to build that relationship until they really understand the value of your product or service and convert to a paying customer. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, well, let's see, I'm trying to think of another piece of advice I would share here. Um, you know, I will say in terms of just like, um, when you're thinking about social media in general, what I have found, and we've been fortunate enough to build a pretty large following on social media and, you know, that's growing every week. Mm -hmm. I have found the most important thing is consistency. Mm. And I think people underestimate how important it is to consistently post. But even uh, even this podcast is, is an example. The weeks where we post about the podcast to our personal pages, we absolutely see more of an uptick in terms yeah. of, of listens. And the yeah, weeks where we sure. don't, we don't, right? And I think mm -hmm. like people think, oh, people will just remember <laughs> I, I, I posted every day in March and then I didn't post in April, but the people will remember me from like, no, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. You have to, whatever you decide your schedule is. And I think on most social media accounts, you want it to be daily, but let's say even you decide I'm going to do three times a week, mm -hmm. then be consistent in posting three times a week. Even if you're like, I don't have great content. You can always throw up a quote card. Okay. <laughs> you can always throw up a quote card. It doesn't even have to be an original quote, honey. You can Google a good quote, yeah. put it on a nice background in Canva and post that if you don't have like an image or a video or something to share. But let me tell you, consistency has absolutely been the thing that has really helped pull up our numbers. So set a schedule, create a content calendar, plan it out in advance so you're not every day waking up like, oh shoot, I forgot to post to Instagram right. today, right. <laughs> you know? But that has been really important for us so important and for us you know the tool we use for scheduling is Planoly. we we love it it's cheap it's like nine bucks a month you know and to your point once a week sit down schedule the post and get everything going like that's usually something we give our interns as yeah. a project to do mm -hmm. um and so yeah consistency but like having it uh, automated software that nine bucks is worth 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 every penny yeah so absolutely good. And the last tip I'll share is this idea of creating video content and using YouTube. So I think that when people think about ads, they think about Facebook first, Instagram, maybe second, even though they're owned by the same company, but you know what I mean? And Google. Um, and what ends up happening is YouTube gets left out of the conversation. So now, you know, in this tip, it's, not about if you want to spend zero dollars, but if you want to use your dollars most effectively, YouTube is a huge hack. And I'll tell you why. Because it requires video assets, people are like, oh, this is going to be so hard for me to create videos. Um, you know, like, oh, man, the time, the production. No. 
because of that there's less competition because you know google and youtube they're both like bidding software means that like the more competition you have the more expensive those ads are and that's what's happened to facebook like everyone's kind of gone to facebook it's like oh it's super easy i can just post a picture some text and turn an ad on right mm-hmm. and so you have way more competition driving up the cost because YouTube requires uh, videos, you have less competition. So it's significant. I mean, like a fraction of the cost of what you would pay on Facebook or Instagram ads. And the nice thing is, you can literally create a an ad, a video ad using your iPhone. Like yeah. you literally could. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it takes me about two hours to create a YouTube ad. I just I write a script, what I want to say, I'll turn it to me or I put it on a tripod, I say what I have to say, you know, add a, a card in the beginning, the end, and maybe do some light editing. And you could be in and out. I mean, for I, I've created things that take much longer than two hours, but I'm the point I'm trying to make is don't allow the time, you know, to be a, a reason why you don't test this particular channel, knowing just how cost effective it can be for you. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. We've we've seen great returns on YouTube ads and, you know, search and display generally, but YouTube um, in particular. So I think that's that's great advice. And actually something you said, I think, um, will will be my last sort of piece of advice, which mm-hmm. is a, around testing. So yeah. the one thing that I think we have always done and we will continue to do is we're always testing new marketing channels new um, marketing platforms. We're testing new content all of the time um, on those platforms and channels. We are um, conversing with other founders, other marketing teams, asking, what are you doing? What's working for you? Okay, let's try that. And and listen, there are plenty of things that we have tried that uh, that worked for other people that did not work for us. So even the things that we're talking about here, influencer marketing has worked really well for me. That might not work for you, but mm-hmm. like you won't know if you don't test it out. Mm-hmm. And so, and you can't get complacent. Let's say you're doing something now and it's working for you. So you feel like, oh, I don't need to test YouTube ads. I don't need to, t-. like, no, actually you're only going to get better and your business is only going to grow more if you're constantly testing and iterating and learning. So that's one thing that I think has been super important to our business that we don't let ourselves get complacent when it yeah. comes to marketing and when it comes to how we acquire customers. Um, and that's been super, super important for us. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the only other thing I would add is in this entire conversation, KJ and I have been having, we're working under the assumption that you know your customer, right? Because first and foremost, you have to have a deep, deep understanding of who your customer is, where he or she spends their time, where they do, you know, as hobbies, like who are their friends? Where do they live? Like have a deep understanding because once you understand who your customer is to KJ's point, you can test more effectively. Right. So, you know, if I was selling football, you know, equipment, like having a activities workbook, you know, that's for coloring and mazes probably doesn't make sense, you know, mm-hmm. but perhaps there's something like you're giving people a free month of fantasy football, you know, as your lead magnet for that particular audience. So first and foremost, like having a truly deep understanding of your customers allows these tactics to come to life for you. I really hope that was helpful to our listeners. 
I hope so too. I, I think it was. And and I hope you guys will test these things out and yeah. you know, let us know how it's going. We always want to hear from you. You can always drop us a note, let us know how it's going, or let us know what else you guys want to hear from us. We are at windownbuildup at gmail.com. That's great. And look, if you're loving this show, please stop and give us a five-star rating on Apple or whatever platform you listen to wind down, build up, and tell a friend that really goes a long way to helping us build this community. All right. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.